Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and my super fabulous co-host Lawson. Great to have you back again today. Mm. Hey, Great to be here. Yeah. Guess what? What? It's jolly the 1st of August. Like, yeah, can you we're... believe that? First day of August already this year. This Welcome to the first day of August, Lawson. You know, I woke <laughs> up this morning, I'm like, oh, it's the second half of the year, but it's already been the second half it of the year. It already has. It's, yeah. this is, Are you we're delayed? We're in the eighth month. <laughs> we're in the eighth month of 2023. It is rushing by. Oh, so, and it's my last week this week of uni holidays. So, oh, so yes, I'm, of I'm just chilling. I'm hanging out. You know, oh, I got some, you know, just got some meetings and some other things to sort out. But, uh, but yeah, just, I'm, I'm just living my best life. Just truly, truly getting through, even though it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's quickly wrapping up this it's, 2023. Oh, too fast. And you know what? I'm excited about August. Uh-huh. Why is that? It's my birthday this oh, month. Oh, what so day? I'm, oh. oh okay. <laughs> Towards the end of the month. You too. Yeah. Okay, so when's yours? Towards the beginning of the month. Oh, okay. <laughs> we need to know when it gets closer. So keep hanging on because you're going to find Wait. out when Cheryl's birthday is and when mine is, but we're not telling you today. Did you know so- that it's my birthday month as well? Is it? No, so nah, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Nah, I'm, in, I'm in October. I mean, October. Oh, so we've got October, a we've got a little baby. little little ways to go until he's, he's then. He's a great disappointment. Great disappointment. I, I'm, a, I'm a great. Yeah, October twenty second, uh, nineteen ninety eight. That's my birthday. Oh, but hey, really if true. you want to do, if you're listening out there, if you want to do some research, go on back to October twenty second, eighteen forty four. See what happened on that date. It's called yeah. the Great Disappointment. Yeah. Hey, I also want to shout out Inverell, New South Wales, listening on eighty seven point eight. Listening to the breakfast show this morning, and hey, if we've got anyone from Inverell, give us a give us a text zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Coming up on our show today, we have an interview with Brad Moody. He covers apologetics in On the Millennium today, uh, which will be exciting. News, we're looking at acts of kindness, events with the moon and stars this month, and also youth and Asia. Uh, youth and Asia. And then Bible study, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 3, the mystery of the gospel. We're continuing mm. on with that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our first quiz for today. Paul had a vision of a man pleading with him to come to which place? Okay, Mm. here we go. It's multiple choice. Tarsus, Samaria, Athens, or Macedonia. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. If you know the answer, well, text us, please, on that number. 0491-064-669 if you know the answer. You'll go into the draw to win... The Bible. The best book in the world. Absolutely. With the greatest stories in the world. Absolutely. With the greatest dramas, romance, um, all sorts of things. Battles, like we said yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's 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 right around the world. You... You've got a Bible, hey. Mm-hmm. I know, of like, course. You like digital. Right. You like digital. I am, but I have multiple paper Bibles. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's just the way to go often. Like, y- it's easier to, to highlight. I mean, in my digital Bible, you can highlight and make notes Absolutely. and do all those things. But for, for preaching, like, when I preach, I get up there with my Bible. My Bible's uh, well-trained, too. It goes where I oh, want it to it, go. Oh, it does it. Like, it, it does what I say. <laughs> so good. So, so I, I actually, I have a beautiful Bible. My, yeah. my Bible, it's 
falling apart. It is well and truly falling mm, good apart. Stuff. That's and what I like to hear. It's a cheap Bible. It's, it's not very expensive either. But all the verses start on the outside, so it's perfect for preaching. I love it so much. It's yeah. Do you have a New particular favourite version? Uh, New King James, usually ah. for memorising and whatnot. When it comes to like studying, mm. I find that all of the versions have their pros and cons. Yeah. And, and especially now, you know, I've got Logos, so getting yes. to looking at the Greek and looking at the Hebrew and yes. doing all those things. Uh, but to, to, to memorise from and to preach from, I often find the New King James is my favorite because I love that like the poetry of the King James is like another level up and then being yes. so word for word as yeah. it is, but then simultaneously like the New King James, this is kind of a more modern version of that, but we are giving out a King James because we yes. we want to bless you this morning with, and it's, you know, the authorized King James version, we want to put it into your hands. Again, that question was, Paul had a vision of a man pleading with him to come to, was it A? Tarsus, B, Samaria, C, Athens, or D, Macedonia? If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text this morning with the correct answer. Mm -hmm. And yesterday we are having heaps and heaps of texts Mm -hmm. coming through. We missed one that actually, as in to to read it out, but one Mm. we did actually ask people what are their favourite books of the Bible. Oh, yeah. And Wayne actually said to us that Hosea is his favourite one. Um, I love the book of Hosea too. And I, I would be interested for Wayne to let us know, if you're listening, Wayne, let us know why you like the book of Hosea. And we'd be interested from others to let us know what is your favourite book and the reason why. But, you know, the book of Hosea is all about the redeeming love of God. Mm. You know, how Israel kind of, you know, really is rebellious towards God and, you know, keeps moving towards God, away from God, is rebellious in every way, but God still keeps loving them no matter what. And it's really representative of how his unfailing love. In fact, there's a fabulous movie out that came out, I think it was towards the end of last year, called Redeeming Love. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, have have a look at it. It's mm-hmm. really powerful to actually depict that whole story of the book of Hosea. It's done mm-hmm. It's done by a Christian group, mm-hmm. and it is that whole book of Hosea. But wow. hey, yeah, but hey, some good news. Good news. August is, again, the month not just for our birthday shell, you and I. We found out our birthdays when we were off air, so we will be sharing those for you. But So keep on listening in for when our birthdays are. <laughs> if it's your birthday this month too, text us in. We want to wish you a happy birthday on air. Phone num- um, Text us in on 0491-064-669. But, hey, August is the stargazing month and the month of looking at the supermoons or double moons in, in, in the orbit, you know, here in Australia. In fact, tonight is the first night we're actually going to be able to see two super, what's two supermoons? So there's meteor, uh, sorry, where the moon actually reaches the peak of its brightness. It's wow. illuminated and it's closest to the earth in its orbit. I don't know about you. I remember one time, like several months back when, you know, it was the red moon. My hubby got, we, we, we drove down to the end of our street and, quite dark down there because it's just the park area it's bush and he parked the car and he lay on the top of the boot of the car mm-hmm. <laughs> to see it like you know he was just wanting mm. to, to get it but since then he's actually bought a telescope so oh. he actually does look at that so we'll probably try looking at that but tonight is the first night where the moon reaches its peak and its brightness and it's closest to the earth in its orbit but also that it's expected to happen possibly around august 30 so be looking out for those. It's also this month 
is when there's going to be a meteor shower of stars. Wow. Do you like watching falling stars? I just like looking at the sky, Oh, it's just man. amazing, It's just hey. so pretty. Yeah. I just think, like, when you look at the stars at night, like, you, you know, you see the Milky Way. And the other day we talked about, you know, being out in the darkness and just seeing thousands upon thousands of stars. It just, to me, speaks of God's beauty and greatness mm. in a way that we cannot fully fathom because mm. I not, cannot fully fathom how they are all stuck up there mm. and all sorts of those those sorts of things. Hey, can you? But I like I just love watching them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, where I would have been, I don't know, maybe nineteen or something, and I went over to my friend's Braden's place. He's like, Lawson, I just bought this epic telescope and i've we've had telescopes at home before but this one was like on it, it was something else it wasn't just wow. like a regular telescope on a tripod it was like this full-on hectic boxy thing that you needed to shift around and he had this app on his phone he's like all right i think saturn is this way and so we moved the telescope there and a look through the telescope and you could see saturn oh wow you could see the the planet with the rings around it through this telescope there you from go. the ground and it was i was like Wow, like just, you know, obviously you hear it's out there and you look at it and it's yep. this small speck right yep. there and you can see the rings and then it's like, oh, that is however many million and million kilometres away. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was just so impressed. And obviously so, the expanse of God's creation, it's just incredible. Oh, incredible, isn't it? And so I have some good news for you on what you have just said there. Oh, yeah, what's up? <laughs> Go to your friend and look through the telescope on the 3rd of August, so in two days' time. Uh-huh. Because there's three chances this month to actually see Saturn as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's the month for the moons, it's the month for the stars, it's the month for, for Saturn. So it's wow. the month of seeing God's amazing, amazing creation. Absolutely. Isn't that fabulous? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think of it too, you know, in, there's so many places that in the Bible stars are actually mentioned. In Revelation 6, we actually see the sixth seal being mentioned, which is um, basically looking at a time that for God to intervene in answering the prayers of his people that have suffered you know, in just, with justice. But we're looking at the sixth seal portrays the signs that actually lead to the second coming of Christ, and that includes the judgment against those who have actually harmed God's people. Mm. And uh, and so it's really fascinating because even Jesus himself foretold these same events in Matthew 24. You know, he, he speaks about what ha- will happen in the last day and he actually speaks about the stars too. And he says the sun, moon, stars and skies, about the sun, moon and stars. And, uh, I'm tongue twisting here this morning. Mm. Sun, moon, stars and the sky. And they're symbolic analogy of actual events. But Christians in the Western world actually have recognized that there's been some degree of fulfillment of that prophecy as well. Mm. And if you look at the, basically the date was around November 13, 1833. And there was a series of revivals from that in Northern America and the spiritual mm. awakening. But the key thing to remember is that there's going to be supernatural events that will be able to witness like this, um, before the return of Christ. And mm. so, yeah. So it's not that these events here now in August are actually pointing necessarily to that, but we just need to know that there's there's beauty in God's creation, but that also Jesus speaks about the stars and the heavens so much mm. as part of um, what will happen with that yeah. of the signs before his coming, yeah, which is so soon. Jesus is coming so soon. Absolutely. And we need to be pumped and excited about yeah, it. Yeah, pumped, excited, but ready and standing with him. You know, he, as much as we can be pumped and excited about Jesus coming soon at the same time, it's like, wow, a lot of these signs kind of sound 
pretty bad. Like <laughs> lots of disease and lots of earthquakes and lots of this and yeah, lots of that. So and it's、true. like, oh man, like I don't really know how I, if if that's a positive thing. And the reality is, it's it's not. It's something that well, it's it's essentially reflecting why Jesus needs to come because we have a world that is falling apart.、Mm. But simultaneously. We need to stand with Jesus during this、oh. time because He's the only one who can get us through. You know, there's lots of people that are trying to look for solutions to you know climate change and whatever it may be. And I think that looking after our world is a great and fantastic thing. But ultimately, if you're not standing with Jesus during this time, you are going to struggle. Absolutely, <laughs> you, are, you are definitely going to struggle. And so let's stand with Christ as we see His return soon approaching. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You are joined by myself, Lawson, and we've got Danuta as well, who's just putting her headphones on. We were a little bit preoccupied in the studio. <laughs> We、guys. were. Shill and I were shilling something about our programs、mm. and、um, just exciting stuff. So yeah, thanks for stepping in there, Lawson. We've just got an exciting morning. I think that's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, our next quiz for today. But as many as received him, to them. He, sorry, to them gave he blank to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Let me read that one more time. But as many as received him, to them gave he blank to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. That comes from John one twelve. If you know the answer to that one, if you know what that blank is, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number. To text and you'll be able to get in for our prize, the draw of our prize, which is happening at the end of this week, and that is for we have a Bible here. It's a King James Bible that we're wanting to give you. It's a beautiful, amazing leather Bible. We want to give it to you for free as a result of this draw. It has Mark Finley study helps in it, which are just great because you're able then to teach others the Bible too. So fantastic prize this morning again. That number zero four nine one zero six. Four six six nine. We've also got people writing in for their birthday.、Oh, Shout、yes. out Deanne, who has let us know that her birthday is on the fourth, which is this coming Friday. So that's can... right. So we've written it down so we do remember to wish you a happy birthday, Deanne.、Yeah. Be listening definitely on Friday then、yeah. for your birthday because it's always exciting when you. Hear your birthday announced like、Absolutely. in a different way. Hey, if you've got a birthday coming up, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text. Let us know. But hey, you're listening to the breakfast show this morning, and I want to talk on a topic that is a little bit touchy.、Um, that is simultaneously something in which has had a recent landmark case. In regard to it, and that is the topic of assisted dying and euthanasia.、Mm. Now, this is quite quite a heavy thing, and so we want to let you guys know one three one 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 four is the lifeline number if you need to call someone up and talk to them. A case has just been has, has just happened in Greece. A man has just been released from jail after two years. His name's David Hunter, and he has been freed after killing his wife. Wow! And you might be thinking. Wait, what? Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So, so the story essentially goes: so he is a 76-year-old pensioner. He has a wife named Janice. They were living in Greece. He, they, you know, living in in the Cyprus area. In December 2021,、uh, she, in their home in Cyprus, asked him to take her life、uh, because、wow. she had recently received a terminal diagnosis of cancer. 
And so instead of going down the right channels um, to deal right. with something like this, instead he strangled her and she died. And he was put in jail for two years as a result of this because it is looked like a very much yeah, looked like yeah, a murder case. Absolutely. Uh, but after two years of fighting in the courts and actually thousands and thousands of dollars being donated to his legal fund, he has been released from jail in Greece and is now free. So I'm interested here to know, because this is really interesting, what kind of evidence have they had to indicate that he has, in fact, that she actually did let him know that? Like, did, did the wife write a letter or is there, is there any information about that or is just the fact that he has been released, they've actually believed that... That uh, that she actually requested that in yeah, some kind of way. It was relatively circumstantial, I think, because of her diagnosis. They were able to make that. Um, they were able to make that, that connection, and they accepted that as a plausible defense. But regardless, because a sister dying in other countries just isn't legal, and so the the big question and the thought for me is, you know, this is this is this is a very interesting case, and. Uh, <laughs> When it comes to assisted dying and its legalization around the world, there's something we've talked about a little bit here mm. on The Breakfast Show. The first country to legalize assisted dying in the world was the Netherlands all the way back in 2002. And I find that assisted dying is often the case that is made for assisted dying to be legalized is one that is usually based on emotion is based on you know it's like oh hey it would be truly caring and loving for these people to kill them if they're you know going through some kind of pain or whatever it may be or they have some terminal disease uh, and this is very much here in australia there is a number of states in which assisted mm-hmm. dying is legalized is. and that is usually the basis of they, they usually say okay no these are going to be the most uh the strictest assisted dying rules in you know laws in the world, you know, if I look at the one that's here in Australia in terms of eligibility, uh, to be eligible for assisted dying, you need to have an advanced or like a medical condition that is either advanced or will cause death uh, that is in or that is incurable mm. or that is will cause death within six to 12 months or um, that is causing suffering that cannot be relieved in a manner that a person finds tolerable. And it's like, oh, only if the people like tick all of these criteria box or a numerous of these criteria boxes that is the only case in which we'll actually let it take place but every single time assisted dying is legalized in any country the same thing is said yes but we see that there is always a slippery slope that Mm -hmm. people fall down and you have cases coming out like those such as in Canada. Mm -hmm. Now, last year we talked about a case in Canada where a VA, like someone who was attending the VAC, which is the veteran affairs of Canada. uh, He was a veteran who was struggling with PTSD and was rehabilitating after getting some, you know, soldier related Mm -hmm. uh, injuries, some Mm -hmm. combat related injuries. Uh, He was going through his struggle with PTSD, receiving a pension for that. But then one day calls up the VAC and is like, like, hey, you know, I'm really struggling with depression. I'm really struggling with suicidal thoughts and I want to get better. And it was suggested to him to be euthanized. It was suggested to him to be euthanized. Yeah. True. From struggling with suicidal thoughts. Right. And they're like, well, if you're thinking about it, have you ever thought about being euthanized? So, hold on. Was, was the option given to him to actually have professional 
help in any other way. Well, this, this is what was suggested. They were like, he's right. like, I am seeking professional help to help me overcome my and the first suicide. Thing, and what came to him is about euthanasia. And they, they were like, huh, have you thought about being euthanized? Unbelievable. Now, this person was very offended as right. a result of that. It's like, right. oh, I'm already struggling with suicidal thoughts and now you're yeah, telling yeah. me to die. Do, do, that's it. The, so, like... A very, very heavy situation. But in Canada, now all of these cases are popping up of euthanasia that are happening to usually people who are in, you know, middle-aged or older scenarios that are struggling financially. Mm -hmm. There was a story that came out of a man, his name is Les Landry, he's 65 years old, and he has been approved by a doctor to be, like, for medical-assisted dying uh, because... He is struggling financially. He said after wow. he's receiving a pension because he can't work, after all his bills, he only has $7 to, to buy food and whatnot for the week, which is a terrible situation. It's like, wow, that's really awful. And he's like, well, rather than starve to death, can I just be euthanized? Just because of financial reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. So and people are now looking, it sounds like people are looking for other reasons to actually be able to... You, you you have do be euthanized yeah, exactly anyway the same the same case happened to Amir Farsad he's 54 and he is struggling financially as well and uh yeah really like this is the suggestion that they're giving and these cases are being approved unbelievable and to me, I see something like this. And again, when we think about a topic that is as heavy as this, yeah. and that is also, you know, we are sympathetic to these Absolutely. people. And, the, and I would say, I even say this, the Bible does have, it does approve a palliative care. So yeah. palliative care where someone is, you know, usually, you know, put on morphine or something like this mm. during um, the end stages of their life. The Bible does give some uh, space for this, you know, talking about like, and that's why when people are hanging on the cross, they offer them some wine or yeah. whatever it may yeah. be. When people are on the way out, there is some bounds for this, you know, yeah. the, but at the There's, same time. It's also very clear about thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not yeah, kill. That's really, and thou shalt not kill, you know, mm -hmm. and I've had that discussion with a couple of folk that have actually had that kind of struggle in that mm. space and I must say that was that was a challenging space for me to, to, to and to see what happens in that mindset at that mm -hmm. time of what's going on there's this real struggle because in one one way they're given the being given the choice to choose but on the other hand it's like do I have you know do do I follow like especially for Christians you know do do I follow um you know God's law here about thou shalt murder and which one is the key one well God's law God, God's law. God's yeah, law, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And the case is, particularly in these instances of where seeing people struggle financially or with mental health, yeah. it's like, man, th these people should not be recommended for euthanasia. They should be helped. That's right. They should be helped. And in, actually, in the case of Amir, who I mentioned earlier, th his story got out and uh, GoFundMe raised like $60,000 for him. And he reconsidered and is now living and is now okay and has overcome his financial struggles stress and burden but furthermore when we look at you know this in the in the space of mental health and then even in the case again i just want to go back to what i introduced earlier about greece uh and this man just str like strangling his wife yeah because she had requested i want to die even though she had received a terminal diagnosis of cancer which is very awful there was still a number of treatment paths that she could have that gone could have down taken, yep that, could that, have quality of life could have extended time with, with that's the family. right and in some cases people actually do recover as well in some absolutely. cases you know 
But in this case, they th- this man, I think, has committed an egregious crime and furthermore has now been acquitted by the courts and wow. is allowed to, you know, just live free after murdering someone. Wow. Hey, let us know what you think. 0491-064-669. I, when I look at this personally, I see uh, a... You know, a something that is totally ideologically driven, that is driven by heartstrings rather than facts and rather than statistics. And I think we really need to pray for these people. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We have our next quiz. On what occasion did Herod make an oath to Herodias' daughter? Oh. What, was, what was the occasion? What was going down? And the outcome was really terrible. It was really Wasn't horrid. <laughs> Shout out John the Baptist. <laughs> yeah. You know, a really unfortunate situation. Very. But yeah, on what occasion did Herod make an oath to Herodias' daughter? What was happening at the time? Mm-hmm. What's up, Shell? Hint, we've been talking about I was just about oh, yeah, yeah, to okay. say that you beat then, me then, to then, it. Then, then, don't, then don't mention anything else. Hey, Great if, minds think alike. If you know if you know what the occasion was, 0491-064-669. Text us at the number and get in for our amazing prize for this week, which is the Bible. We have this awesome leather Bible with Mark Finley Study Helps in it. We want to give it to you for free. You just have to answer these quiz questions correctly. Again, 0491-064-669. But now I've come to the time for an interview, Danunia. Yes. This morning we've got Brad Moody. Are you there, Brad? Hello, Brad. You there? I am indeed. How are you hey, guys? Great. Yep. Yeah, good to hear your voice again. We're excited. You know, you always do the apologetics today. <laughs> today, we're t- last time you were on, we were talking about the second coming and we're kind of touching on, well, following on from that about the second coming, but this time we're talking about the millennium. Yeah, that's right. So, look, one of the first questions that, that comes to people's minds after, like, Jesus comes back, which is what we were talking about last time, like you said, the, the next question is, well, what happens next? I mean, do we just sort of go to heaven and live happily ever after mm. playing hearts and sitting on clouds? Or, you mm. know, what happens after Jesus returns? I mean, have you guys come across any ideas as to what happens after Jesus returns? Well, I think, you know, as we talked about during our second coming study, you know, really kind of getting to the bottom of, okay, when Jesus when Jesus returns, what does it look like? It looks like, you know, he comes in the clouds, he yeah. comes in a, his literal presence, you know, he takes all the people up. I've heard different ideas in regards to mm. the second coming, where it's like, oh, he, you know, there's a seeker rapture, and then he comes seven years later, and yeah, whatever it may yeah. be. And some say even before that, seven years before too, seven years of tribulation. That's right. And so we see, we see that in regards to the second coming. Now, when it comes to after Jesus, there's this topic of the millennium and there's mm. pre-millennium, post-millennium, a-millennium, a-millennium you know, so dispensation. Yeah. yeah, there's like <laughs> lots of, it's just the same in the second coming in this regard. It's like, okay, we have this revelation 20. We yeah. have this idea of this 1000 years, but yeah. that, that takes place after Jesus comes back, this period of a thousand years, but, but, but where does it go? Yeah, and I think also, Brad, what I find really interesting is that a lot of people, um, are conf- you know, can tend to be confused in this space because there's only the, the, such a short passage in the Bible that covers that, and the word millennium's not in the Bible. Mm. 
<laughs> That's a good point you raised there, Danita. We'll come back to that. Um, mm. The word is not even there. Um, so, look, the Bible says that there are, are a few more things to take place after the second coming before evil and, well, sin is all sorted out. And you guys have pretty well highlighted that, like, and it gives some clarity to that. And so what I wanted to do today is cover a couple of verses that, that give some clarity around that thousand years that mm. is mentioned in Revelation 20, like you guys have said. So, so putting it simply uh, uh, to try and cover a large area of ground in a short span of time. When Christ comes back, there's going to be four groups of people on the earth or in the earth, as it were. Four (laughs) groups of people. Two groups are alive and two groups are dead. Two of the groups are alive and two are dead. One group of the alive is the righteous alive. The other group of the alive are the wicked alive. So there's going to be a group of alive, wicked, and dead, and, and righteous alive, and there's also going to be two groups that are dead, the righteous dead and the wicked dead. Yeah. So those are the groups that we want to sort of, I guess, uh, give some clarity to from the Bible, because the Bible makes it very clear uh, what actually takes place. And if we take, like, for example, John chapter 5 and verse 28, it, it gives some clarity to the fact that the, the, the two groups that the dead, so the righteous and the wicked, dead will be resurrected. And 528 says, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all those who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So there are two groups that are going to be resurrected. It's everyone that has ever died will be resurrected at, that, at, at, at those two resurrections. So side note for future discussion, we kind of want to understand, you know, about that whole resurrection. It was a thought that came to me and I was putting this together. You know, uh, the whole idea of a resurrection seems kind of pointless if we go to be with Jesus when we die. Just, mm-hmm. a, just a side note, we're going to come back to that another time. But mm-hmm. the, the fact that there is a resurrection tells us that, that they're not necessarily with Jesus straight away. Mm-hmm. All right, so, for, so far what we know is that there's two groups of the dead and they will be raised to life, one to eternal life and one to condemnation, as the Bible says. Now, Revelation 20 and verse 4 to 6, as you guys mentioned, uh, as it talks about these two resurrections and it calls them the first and the second resurrection. So mm-hmm. the first resurrection, we can find some clarity around that one. The first resurrection is the one that we want to be a part of, just short, <laughs> short yes. side note. We want to be a part of the first resurrection if we died before Jesus comes back. And in First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16 and 17, it says that as we talk that last time. The Lord's going to come down from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. It's going to be loud. It's going to be huge. Mm. And the dead in Christ will rise first. That's what it says there. They're going to rise. The dead in Christ will rise, be resurrected first. This is the first resurrection, and it's reiterated in, in, in Revelation 20 and verse 4 to 6, talking about uh, when that when that resurrection takes place um, before the, um, uh, the, the thousand years, the millennium. Mm. And it says, once they're risen, then they will always be with the Lord. So the righteous dead are raised to life and they meet the Lord in the air to be with him ever thereafter. Okay, cool. That's one group done. Righteous dead, resurrected first. That's what we want to be a part of if we die before Jesus comes back. The wicked dead, the second resurrection, at a first glance, it may appear as the statement that John made implies that these two resurrections occur at the same time, right? So there's going to be two resurrections and everyone raises from the dead and they one to life, one to death, right? One to condemnation. But it's an important distinction that we need to make here, that John is the same guy that wrote Revelation 20. So yes. he knew what he was talking about and he said, and let's just clarify the distinction that he makes, the same guy that wrote those two books, both the book of John and um, Revelation 20 uh, and he says here in, in Revelation 20 in verse 4 
the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and the word of God had not worshipped the beast in his image and had not received his mark in their forehead. They lived and reigned with Christ for the thousand years. All right, so the righteous are dead. They're raised from the dead, and they're now living with Christ for a thousand years with him. But the rest of the dead, it goes on to say, did not live again until the thousand years were finished. Now, when we say the rest of the dead, I guess that includes everybody, right? This is everybody else that was not raised in the righteous resurrection to be with God forever, right? Mm. So the, this is the point. The, we can, by deduction, acknowledge that the righteous here are obviously the ones that live and reign with Christ. The rest of the dead implies the wicked, all the rest. And they don't live again until after the thousand years. So here is the clarity around when those two resurrections take place. One occurs before the thousand years and the other one occurs after that thousand years. Right? So there's no wicked resurrection be- before the, the end of that thousand years for the, the, the global uh, group of the wicked. All right. So further into the chapter, we also re- realize that the, uh, that that wicked group of people have their life account brought before them with the judgment seat and in in conjunction with the beast and the false prophet they are thrown into the lake of fire so we want to be clear we do not want to be a part of the second resurrection they Mm, receive the rewards according to their works according to as as what jesus said in john 5 sorry go to Yeah, I love what you're saying there with that. And my mind goes to the fact of, you know, particularly with one gentleman that my husband was having Bible studies with and he, you know, kept saying, well, asking, you know, so which resurrection do you want to be in? And he said, I want to be in the first. I want to be in the first, not the second or or definitely want to be in the first. Because when, when, (laughs) when we actually grasp this beautiful concept of that, there is no fear about it, but there's a beauty about the fact that when we are God's side, you know, that whole first resurrection is a beautiful thing to be part of and that whole reigning for a thousand years. Hey, but, you know, some people, you know, in these, in these verses, it's really about unpacking each verse and seeing how they're actually linked together, isn't it, Brad? You know, because given that there's not so much, you know, on this in other parts of the Bible, but it's got to be linked with other parts, yes. like you mentioned about First Thessalonians 4. And from the book of John, and That's you know, it. but First Thessalonians is a real key to understanding this passage, isn't it? That's exactly right. And this is one really important point when it comes to apologetics. We need to make sure that when we're talking about Scripture, we don't use one particular verse to undo the meanings of another. They have to right. complement. They have to work yeah. together because it's a spiritual book. And it needs to be spiritually understood. And these things need to be brought together. It's not something that we can just pick one here and then and base our entire reasoning and doctrinal belief system on that one particular verse, as I've seen all too often, unfortunately. Uh, but yes, exactly right. That's a really good point. We need to take the, the, the global picture of what the scripture says, not just one particular verse here or there uh, as, as standalone and sufficient to base our reasoning on. So exactly right. Now, there are two other groups that, that we need to deal with. This is the righteous alive and the wicked alive. And I'm aware that we've only got a couple more minutes. So I want to sort of just cover these two groups briefly. In First in Thessalonians chapter 4, we talked about the righteous alive meeting the Lord in the air with the righteous who have been resurrected. So this is what happens when Jesus comes back. There is that righteous that are resurrected and there is the righteous that are alive and they go to meet the Lord in the air. And so they are with the Lord forever. That's that's what happens to the righteous. That's what we want to be a part of. We want to make sure that we are there and ready. (laughs) Absolutely. Exactly. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard this, guys, but people have suggested that the thousand years is a thousand years of peace 
peace on earth, and that after that thousand years, he will destroy and recreate the earth. Have you ever heard that before? There's going to be a thousand years of peace on earth. What would you say to that? Uh, no. (laughs) Uh, um, Great answer. That's uh, great. No. But we just that's just not the the reality that we see in the yeah. bible that these 1000 years is a period of time in which the earth is destroyed mm-hmm. and it's how, and it's exactly. home, it's home yeah. not to peace but to satan exactly right and that's a really yeah exactly strong statement and peter clarifies that he says mm. the, the the when jesus comes back that at that point in time the elements will melt with a fervent heat that <laughs> jesus says he's coming with his reward to give to every man according to what they have done yeah. the problem is that here it poses a problem to those who are dwelling on the earth which has desolate for a thousand years it's going to be destroyed it's going to be melted with fervent heat there's not really going to be much left here so I, it might be a thousand years it's going to be a peaceful thousand years in one sense that there's not going to be anything happening but it's not kind of the peace that we want really so absolutely like the thousand years is peace on earth but only in the sense that it's completely uh, desolate it's mm. there's nothing here except for for the devil which i would love to get into but i don't know that we're going to get time today so the righteous dead and the righteous alive both meet jesus in the air and so they're ever with the lord now i've also learned about the wicked dead that have been resurrected at the end of the thousand years so what about the wicked alive what happens to those when jesus comes back well if we take second thessalonians chapter chapter 1 and and chapter 2 in the same context of that letter there paul gives some clarity around this and he says that those um those that that are the wicked will be destroyed in the flaming fire as jesus comes back taking vengeance on those who do not know god and those who do not obey the gospel of our lord jesus christ and in verse 8 of chapter 2 like i said the same context it says then the lawless one will be revealed whom the lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming so when jesus comes back the wicked are destroyed with the brightness of his coming as are the um the the uh as will be the lawless one or the son of perdition as it's mentioned other places so logically in revelation 20 it says that the rest of the dead in other words everyone that's died when Jesus comes back, the 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 after the millennium, that will include all those who were alive when he first came back and what we're waiting for, the second coming. When he comes back, they will all perish in the brightness of his coming. As it says in Revelation, I think it's chapter 6 or 7, it says that they, they cry for the rocks to fall on them. And then after that, they're all laid in the dust and they're sleeping for that thousand years and then at the end of that thousand years then they're resurrected to face their condemnation as they see their life record brought before them not the resurrection we want to be a part of uh, but that is that is the reality uh, and that's what's going to have to happen uh, for, for for really eradicating sin and cleansing the universe of evil Mm. Wow, so much to take in, isn't it, really? But the exciting thing is, Brad, that our Bible actually gives really clearly the answers about the whole millennium, what happens when Jesus comes and what happens after that. Mm. And the real key to remember for us, isn't it, from what the take-home message is that we want to be in the first resurrection and not the second resurrection. So thanks so much, Brad, for your time. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to you next time when you come on again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.